pray with me, please? Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. For you truly are my rock and my redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name I pray let us all say amen. Amen. Now, back in September, I preached a similar sermon. I know you're probably saying, you probably looked up the sermon and said, wait a minute, didn't he preach a sermon about he knows my name? <laughs> Is he, just, is he just getting lazy on us, <laughs> dipping into the archives already? <laughs> Not quite. But um, this is a day in which it has been designated in our AME church to talk about the issue of autonomy. Yes. And I thought it would be appropriate that once again we talk about it and you'll hear some similar themes that I talked about in that sermon on September 4th but some new wine and new bottles as well. So I have a question for you. This is similar to a question I asked you on, this, on September 4th. If you ended up having Alzheimer's or dementia, how would you like to be treated? If you ended up having Alzheimer's or dementia, how would you like to be treated? Now that question was posed by an author by the name of John Swenson. He's a theologian, and he's written a book called Dementia, Living in the Memories of God. And Swenson answers that question, saying that he hopes to be loved and cared for for just who he is. Even if just who he is at that particular moment is difficult, and it's maybe even difficult for others to recognize. In the verses that we're looking at from Psalm 139, verse 16 through 18, the psalmist tells us this, God has seen us before we were born. And every day of our lives are recorded in God's book. Every moment has been laid out before a single day has passed. So in other words, even though we may not know ourselves, God knows us, yes. He knows my name. He knows my name. And it's good that God knows our name because as African Americans, all timers, dementia, those afflictions affect us more and more deeply. In fact, statistics show that African Americans are 20 times more likely to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia than our white counterparts. Wow. So this is a real disease that is ravaging our community. Amen. I told you in September, I know firsthand because my mother, a vibrant woman, an educated woman, a teacher, spent her last 10 years battling Alzheimer's. And when a family member has Alzheimer's, the entire family has the disease. Because there is no cure. But again, what happens to us when our memory fades 
and what happens to us in our relationship with God. Because God knows us. And God knows every hair in our head. And God knows every moment that we were to live. He knows our name, meaning that God still knows us. And we still know God. Amen. If our salvation is acquired before dementia, our salvation is still good with dementia. Amen. He knows our name. If our salvation was acquired before cancer, our salvation is still good with the cancer because he knows our name. And that's the beautiful thing about God. God does not care about our condition. God cares about us. So also this week, we are honoring people who have served in the armed forces of the United States, our veterans. So let me pause at this moment and recognize any veteran, and that means anyone who wore the uniform of our country. Will you please either raise your hand or stand up so we can recognize you. sermon, uh, which you can watch online that we try to put out, I profiled three veterans, um, and particularly African-American veterans, because the other question I want to pose to you is that, did you know that African-Americans have been involved in every single war this country has fought? Even when we did not have the full rights of citizenship, we were fighting for this country. We fought in the Revolutionary War. Those of you who know your history books, Christmas Adam was the very first casualty of the war. And we know in the Civil War, black folks fought on both the Union and also the Confederate side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact, some people in the Confederacy took their slaves with them when they went to fight. That's right. World War I and World War II, we saw the gallantry of black soldiers. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there is a new movie out now about some of that gallantry of black soldiers. So, three people I highlighted in the sermon. One person's name is Henry Johnson. Henry Johnson fought in World War One, And Henry Johnson, once again, in a situation where segregation was the rule, their unit played ragtime music, and they also fought, and excuse my language here, like hell, and were thought to be one of the fiercest fighters of any fighting unit available. Amen. Henry Johnson was wounded 21 times. Amen. He came back to America and he was unable to find a job even though he had a ticker tape parade in New York City. Henry Johnson later died of those wounds and is buried in Arlington National Cemetery. Mm -hmm. Amen. 
Reuben Rivers fought in World War II. Rivers Regiment, once again, was an all-black regiment, and Rivers was told that he was not fit enough to fight, but fight he did. He won the Congressional Medal of Honor for his actions on the battlefield. Those actions included being, while being wounded, he still saved the lives of countless soldiers, and these are white soldiers, on the battlefield. While doing those things as a tank person, his tank was blown up, he got out of the tank, he redirected fire, so away from the others, and he lost his life. Mm. Oletta Kane broke barriers as a woman mm. in military service. During World War II, there was such a shortage of manpower, and I'll put that in quotation marks, mm -hmm. that they decided, well, we got to let some women into the Army. Wow. And they let her in, and she actually became a member of the Air Force. Mm -hmm. And when the war was over, they dismissed a lot of the women, but she and three other African-American women were retained. Wow. She went to the rank of major, mm. and with that, she not only stood up for the rights of women, but also the rights of her own people, mm. many times at the cost of her own career. Mm. She retired and then had a stellar career in business wow. in Denver, Colorado. She died in 1994 at the age of, I'm sorry, she died in the year 2007 at the age of 94. Wow. And she is a member of Delta Sigma Theta who has a scholarship named after her and also a community center and Denver is named after her as well. Amen. Amen. Don't let anybody fool you. Don't let anybody tell you that African Americans have not made contributions uh, as veterans to this uh, here United States of America. Amen. Amen. We love our country. Yeah. Despite the fact that our country sometimes does not love us back. Amen. And just like we love our country, God loves us. Uh -huh. Psalm 139, verse 17 says this. How precious are you, are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. Verse 18, stanza 18, I can't even count them that outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Amen. The Lord knows our name. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And the Lord knows our name, and the Lord knows our name and knows the contributions that we can make to his holy kingdom. Yes, yes. Now here at Greater Bethel, as we face the new year, 2023, 
we have our own contributions that we can make to our community. And let me talk about that for just a second because I'm going to talk about this a lot as we go into 2023. And that contribution is when we're talking about veterans and we're talking about memory, if you look at our church, which is a grand and wonderful church, if you look at our membership, which is a grand and wonderful membership, our membership is comprised of really great people. But how will our membership look in 10 years? How will our membership, in terms of the age of our members, how will we look in 10 years? It is incumbent upon us now to think about that. It's incumbent upon us now to work on that. It's incumbent on us now to plan for that because the Lord has told us in the Great Commission that we are out to make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So before our memory fades, we need to be about the business of making more disciples. We need to be about the business of bringing more people to Christ and also, frankly, bringing more people to our church. Now, how can we do that? I hope that we can have some conversations about some strategic ways we can do it and that we can collaborate together on it. I've got some ideas. One of the ways that we're working to do that is to strengthen the way that we present ourselves online. Right now we've got some temporary cameras and some temporary lights, but we are working on plans that we can have an even more permanent way of cameras and lights so that not only when this pastor leaves, but the next pastor comes, and the next pastor comes, and the next pastor comes, we can present ourselves well in terms of what we're doing. All right. Another thing that we need to do, although we're high tech and people are watching us and people see us, we live in community. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to ask you in December, to join me, and I hope others will be in this brigade, that we're actually going to walk and canvas this neighborhood. Knock on doors. And give out literature. And invite folks to come, at least for one day, because Christmas Day is on, guess what? A Sunday. So a lot of people may only come to church one day a year. They might as well walk down to come here. And so I'm going to ask, and I understand we're still in a difficult time of COVID. And so I'm not going to ask anyone to do anything that they don't feel comfortable with. But hopefully there are some folks who would like to join us in that canvassing of the neighborhood. And then also, we need to do everything we can to tell everybody we can about Greater Bethel. And I know you do that. I know you do that. Uh, A strategy that that I'd like to use for us is I call it the second church. And what do I mean by that? So there are a bunch of folks who are not going to ever leave the church that they're at. And we're not asking them to leave. 
But what we like to do is, if you'd like to watch us online with our Bible study, join us on Thursday nights. If you'd like to uh, be involved in our Sunday school on Saturday, join us on Saturday online. If you'd like to be involved in watching our early sermon, join us online to do that. And when we have a big program here, which we seem to have about once a quarter, join us there with that also. And then finally, before our memories fade, we have to take care of the charge that we've been given with the Madison. So with the trustees and others, and I've had a long conversations, very fruitful conversations with Tommy Farmer and others about what we've done before, our history, and those sorts of things. Um, working with our trustees and others, uh, I would like to present a plan to you about the way forward with the Madison. And I'm having individual conversations with trustees before and fine-tuning that plan before we actually talk as a church body about that plan. Before our memory fades, mm. because God knows our name, mm. we need to take care of the charge that we've been given and make the Madden Center restore it to glory so it can be a vibrant part of this community and also a vibrant part of this church and actually a magnet to bring people to Christ and to bring members to our church. Amen. So, Amen. he knows our name. He knows what we're up to and he knows what we're capable of. Yeah, yeah. And with Christ, we are capable of amazing things. Because you've already demonstrated it in the time that you've been here at Greater Bethel. The amazing things that you've already done, not just the big stuff, but the small stuff that you do every single day in support of Greater Bethel. It was my privilege to be at the Feed the Hungry event that we do once a month. It is wonderful the work that is done with that group. And it's wonderful the work that you guys have done over the years there. And I understand that you cooked in that kitchen and prepared the meals and brought it out for a while. And it's okay to cater them too. <laughs> the wonderful work that we do can and will continue before our memory fades. And before our memory fades, because life is such that it can be over in a moment. And we know that there are people watching us or in our sanctuary saying, you know, I'm young. I don't have to worry about this stuff. I will come to Christ a little bit later. Well, there's no time like the present. Because I guarantee you when you eventually come to Christ, you will say, why didn't I do this so Life could have been so much better if I would have come to Christ a lot earlier in my life. So, right now, it's an opportunity to come to Christ. Right now, because God has seen you before you were born, and God wants to have you in his fold. Mm -hmm. So pray with me now. 
Lord, how precious are your thoughts about me. Oh God, they cannot be numbered. Father, before our memory fades, we ask that you come into our lives. Yes. We ask that you sit with us. We ask that you become Lord and Savior of our lives. Just as we are. Without one plea. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Let us say Amen. So if you prayed that prayer with me, you are saved. And the biggest part of salvation is what you do with the salvation. Because you may say, well, you know, I want to clean my life up before I come to Christ. Well, actually, it's the opposite. Christ will clean your life up when you come to Amen. Amen. And you don't have to be pristine to come to Christ. And you don't have to be perfect. And wait a minute, how about if I become a Christian and I backslide? That's okay. We have a relationship with Christ, and sometimes it's a roller coaster. And sometimes it's a smooth ride. Yes. But it is a relationship. So in just a moment, I'm going to come down and I'm going to ask for three opportunities for you. One is those of you who would like to come to Christ. Just give me your hand and God your heart. Second, those of you who want to come for prayer. Because prayer does what? Prayer changes things. Amen. Before our memory fades, we need to be in prayer. And, and then the third, if there's anyone who would like to rededicate their lives to Christ. And rededication is simply this. Okay, I, I, I accepted Christ. And now... Uh, I have moved away from God. I've moved away from Jesus. And I want to come back. Amen. I will tell you, my Christian journey, uh, I did that. I did exactly that. I had moved away from God. Uh, I had been raised in the church and all those sorts of things, and I moved away from God. And when I came back to church, I had to do just that. I said, I'm rededicating my life to Christ. Amen. If you're watching us online or listening to this later as a podcast or anything like that, you can certainly come to God by just giving me a call. My telephone number is 608-358-1309. That's 608-358-1309. And yeah, I give out my real telephone number and that you can text me and stuff like that. And believe it or not, people do. Amen. To have a conversation about your faith. And now for our benediction, which is a covering of God's grace until we meet again. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God. They cannot be measured. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me because you know my name. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now, henceforth, now, and forevermore. Let us all say,
thinks it's your faithfulness in giving to Greater Bethel that allows us to do the work of the Lord. There are three ways you can give to us. First, you can use Cash App by typing dollar sign Bethel 140. Second, you can give using Giveify. Simply at a Greater Bethel, Athens. Finally, you can mail your contributions in to Post Office Box 49773, Athens, Georgia, 30604. Thank you and blessings. Find audio content, sermons, blogs, and more on my website, marvinbland.com.